Happy Tuesday. I'm Joan, and you're listening to She Told Me To Podcast. Welcome back, and I'm Bella. Today we're going to be talking about astrology, which is one of my favorite topics and points of discussion. Bella, are you excited? I'm very excited. Bella, what made you happy this week? Actually... Specifically this morning, I was walking past Union Square, um, and in the section where there is the children's playground, the trees started to bloom, the ones that are pink. I don't know what they're called, but they're the ones that bloom at the first, at the beginning of spring, and they're blooming, so that made me very, very happy. I'm also insanely congested because of my spring allergies, so my point is, I'm happy because spring started. What about you, Joan? What made you happy this week? I think specifically this morning as well for me, I went to Richmond Park because I'm in London, and I found this little like green grassy area that I sent you that looked like straight out of a fantasy novel, and I just wanted to become a fairy and like flounce around in it, and it made me so happy. I just wanted to like go back in a white dress and run barefoot across it, like it was just so green. <laughs> I was so amazed at how green the grass looked and how luscious. Like the grass, I've never been like, wow, this is luscious grass, but I really wanted to like photograph it and like send it to you guys and be like, do you see how luscious this is? But I don't think anyone else would have been as impressed. So I don't know. Maybe it's time to be really happy. I don't know. Maybe it's time to diversify your TikTok career and start doing a little bit of cosplay (laughs) in the luscious grass and a white dress. They can't see that you're giving me a look. Shutting the fuck up. They can. It's recording video too, you stupid whore. Okay, but if they're going to be listening on Spotify, are they going to have the video? You stupid whore. No, but the video was just for you. God. So, Joan. Uh, Actually, not Joan. I want to tell my story first. um, Because (laughs) I want to start this off by telling you guys about that time. When I was sitting with my friends at the at the kitchen table, uh, about a year ago, I was sitting with my childhood friends and I was telling them about some group drama from my college. And one of my friends, after I was finished with my story, asked me about the instigator of the drama. And she was like, mm, what's your sign? So I answered. Unfortunately, I don't remember the answer. And she goes, mm-hmm, yeah, that makes sense. And her other friend was just sitting there utterly confused. And she's like, how does that make sense? Like, how do you know what traits are attributed to what sign because we always bullied her because she's a Capricorn so we're like oh that's such Capricorn energy and she's like what does that mean why do you keep throwing these things in my face so if you are like <laughs> my other friend who's utterly confused at us hurling astrology facts at you <laughs> during our last two episodes this episode is for you because we're going to get into the nitty-gritty Joan is going to be our resident expert have we hurled a few times like, if you don't know anything, some people don't even know their sign. Yeah, or some people know their losers. sign and don't know what it means. Let's try not to insult our audience, Joan. <laughs> insult me if you must. Why? They're coming to my house. They're coming to my house. <laughs> they are here on their own free will, so they will take what you are giving them. Yes, yeah, so no they reason. can leave. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Like, they're coming to my house. All right, that's fine. We cannot talk about astrology if you don't want to talk about astrology, miss. 
No, I want to talk about it. Okay, so you're a resident <laughs> expert. I know my tiny fair share, and I've always considered it very fun, um, but I do not know all the facts. And I will be honest, I am a little bit baffled by birth charts. So I'll be asking you a whole bunch of questions throughout this episode. All right, Joan, so before we get into the nitty-gritty and talk about the significance of your sign, why don't I ask you how you first got into astrology? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been super witchy. I got my first tarot card deck when I was 13 years old, for example. So I've always just been drawn to stuff like that. I fell really into it. I think just naturally, I was always looking at my horoscope as a child. I knew for a long time that I was an Aquarius. I would always read my horoscope and I knew I Chinese zodiac. I knew I was a tiger until I found out that I had to go based off of the Chinese lunar new year, which was changed me from being a tiger to an ox, which makes so much more sense when you think about me, you know? So I was just always looking at that stuff, always searching for meaning in a meaningless world, as I like to say. And when I got older, and I left home and things started happening, I kind of fell deeper and deeper and deeper into the astrology hole because it was just something that gave meaning to me and something that was fun to do. And I, there were so many resources out there and YouTube videos and Twitter threads you could fall down. And it was really big on my side of Tumblr, which I've talked about a little that I was a big Tumblr girl. And so I just naturally started just reading and reading more. And I bought a bunch of books on it and everyone knew to like buy me astrology things, which is Mm -hmm. how I eventually expanded into like, knowing more than just my sun sign and learning about moon signs and mercury signs and your venus your whole birth chart your rising sign your houses aspects transits all of that stuff um which is what got me here and i also used to say in college that anytime i was feeling really stressed or procrastinating didn't want to do something i would go to twitter and just fall down a rabbit hole of astrology threads Mm -hmm. so It became like I got really, really intensely into it during college because exam season, I was just up all night on Twitter threads, just like (laughs) falling down, learning new things because it was the one thing that like relaxed me. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll get into this a little bit more later, but I was reading this interesting article that was saying that astrology is a bit of a... Uh, substitute for spirituality that we now have you know rather than the usual uh, religions that we previously clung to Um, not that I'm calling it a religion but I was reading this article that was talking about its popularity right now because it is a certain way to express your spirituality as humans and I thought that was really interesting so it's definitely spirituality because it's about like unlocking a belief system whereas organized religion is about you know, controlling you, having order and a set of rules and really governing a body of Mm -hmm. people and not your relationship with your higher power or whatever. Astrology, especially when you get into like Vedic or tropical astrology, which Vedic is the traditional side real astrology that Western astrology or tropical astrology is now based off of and colonized from because Mm -hmm. tropical astrology, Western astrology, what most of us use is based off of the tropical calendar that most of the world uses versus Vedic astrology is based off of the ever-changing placement of the constellations Mm -hmm. so your signs can be there's not a lot of difference until you get into more of the houses but regardless um they're all about unlocking yourself and your own karma that you've brought into this world the uh, really when you look at it you can see agreements that your soul made coming into this world if you get really deep into it and you believe that if you don't want to believe that um 
and you're just looking at a higher level, then it's just fun to be like and quirky to be like, oh, these are my personality traits or whatever. But like the deeper mm-hmm. you get into it, the more you see that there is like a belief system attached to it in the way that there is with other religions and it's all about like helping you have a deeper connection with yourself with your highest power your higher calling which is how people really get into astrology and then you know you get into angel numbers and you get into tarot and you get into um past life regression and like all of those different higher belief systems that are out there that are more just kind of grouped together in that like oh she's witchy spiritual blah blah, blah you know i don't know crystals mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's very interesting because I did hear about, I think I, I heard about what you're talking about. I remember there was that whole push that your sign isn't actually your sign because of how the pl- the plants have changed their alignments. And then I was trying to figure out what Oh, my... no, that was, that mm-hmm. was about NASA. That's not that true. That was about NASA. That, that, okay. was, that was NASA bullshit where they made like a 13th constellation. And everyone was like, this is, this is Okay, I was extremely ex- upset about. because I was a Gemini in that. And I was like, I... I refuse. <laughs> I'm furious. I, I was am... a Capricorn. I was a Capricorn in that, and I was like, "That tracks." But no, <laughs> no, I was just yeah. very upset. I, I, am sorry to all the Gemini's. I know there was just a lot of negative connotation around the sign, but I was very upset about that. I just did not feel like it made any because sense. Because Gemini's are annoying as fuck. No, I mean, it makes a little sense in you, but you definitely are tampered down. You could never be a full blown. Like I feel like you have Gemini energy, which is why I won't be surprised if I look at your chart and there are Gemini placements, especially around your Mercury sign and how you communicate. But um, or in your houses of like learning and education, but definitely mm-hmm. not. It could never be your sun sign. I should hope not, <laughs> but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I did also know a lot about not a lot but I did grow up around astrology it wasn't like it was something super bizarre to me when I when I got more into it um my parents and my grandma from my mom's side and my grandpa from my dad's side are all Aries so it was a a very frequent joke in our family you know that like oh yeah it's all because we're all Aries this is because we're all Aries that and I'm a Taurus so there was always jokes about us being horned like that, I don't know why, I don't know if that translates correctly, but that's what they always said in Polish. It's like, oh, you know, we butt heads because we all have horns. Um, well, and then yeah, my because grandma, Aries are the, Aries yeah. are rams and Taurus is the bulls. Are bulls, yeah. But that was that was a little joke in my family. And my grandma does take some stock in astrology. Uh, when she asked me what sign my ex boyfriend was when I had come uh, to her city and told her that I have a boyfriend. She was like, oh, what sign is he? And I thought that was funny because it's just like, you know, an 88-year-old woman asking me the same question that you would ask me <laughs> when I'm telling you about a new boyfriend. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's a Libra. And she was like, grandma. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's wrong with Libra? Mm. She was like, your grandpa was a Libra. And I was like, okay, oh. elaborate, please. She always had a very <clears throat> not romantic relationship with my grandpa like they were very much friends that were raising a child together so i i don't know i think she wanted more passion so your parents repeated the cycle um yeah my parents repeated the cycle and i probably will too we'll see i'll let you know um because i would i would stop you back to astrology uh do you want to explain sun moon and rising yeah absolutely So your sun sign is the one that most people know. 
it's the where the sun the sign of the sun was in when you were born and the way i like to explain the sun sign is your sun sign is kind of like the bare bones of who you are it's like your spine it's the basics if you really strip down of like the first ingredient in you so there can be because people are always like oh well she was an Aries and she was an Aries and she was an Aries and they're so different and I'm like yeah but you'll see that they kind of approach a problem in a similar way or they have similar outlooks on things so it's your bare bones it's like if you are putting a chicken in, in a dish first then it's never gonna be beef because you put chicken in that dish you know so it's kind of like it's kind of like your base and then your moon sign a lot of people will identify more with their moon sign when they actually read about their moon sign and find out what it is and start reading about the traits about that because your moon sign represents who you are in your head it's your emotional self it's who you are when all of your walls are down it's how you feel and experience emotions and feel things because that's what the moon screen represents and for i love my moon sign because of the fact that i just relate to it so so much because you know reading it, i was like that is like that i related to the experience of my moon sign way more than my sun sign because of the fact that i am unguarded in my head like when i experience myself i experience myself as my moon sign because my thoughts my feelings the way i react to things are all based off of that most unguarded emotional volatile self you know and so that and then what was the other one rising rising yes Okay. And so then conversely, your rising sign is your first house, which is there are the planets on the side of your birth chart. And then there are the houses, there's 12 houses. And the first house Mm -hmm. is your rising sign. And if your sun sign is the bare bones, your rising sign is like the lens. It is the shape. It is the container that you're in. So your rising sign affects appearance, first impressions people have of you and it also affects how you see the world and how you approach the world which is why a lot of times people of similar rising signs tend to naturally gravitate together because they agree on how to approach a problem or they have similar energy or they they kind of approach life and look at life in the same way like your morals what they want out of it things like that Mm -hmm. i am a leo rising (laughs) so great hair um blake lively also a leo (laughs) rising taylor swift also a leo rising Taylor Swift and Blake Lively are also great friends. You know, it's mm-hmm. similar to that. My grandmother is a Leo rising. Anyway, a lot of people in my life are Leo risings as well that I'm close to, so. I read somewhere that a rising is like a mask that you put on for the rest of the world. Is that true or is that? Oh, yes, 100%. You know, like your rising mm-hmm. sign. That's why I said your rising sign is like the container. It's the, it's mm-hmm. every, like everything else that makes you up is then put in this container and that container is okay. how you look from the exterior until you open it up and you like go inside, you know, and then you see who you really are. But that's why, you know, rising signs tend to naturally gravitate towards each other. Because if we're all in this like Joe Malone perfume container and you find another one, you're like, oh, hello, container. You know, it's like, we're, we're together, yes. you know. Yes. But then oh, you open I know, it up I know what like, this is. Yeah. And you're like, wait, this smells different. This is not, you know. Mm-hmm. So That's a really good analogy. <laughs> I'm glad that you had the perfume in front of you. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like um, they all look the same, but they're different. They're different smells. Mm-hmm. I was going to say based it's different on, ingredients. Based on my sun, moon, and rising, do you want to, well, you know me. Oh, yeah. Do you want to use our. Let me pull it up. 
Do you want to use our chart X for this? Sure. Sure. I said I'll promise. I, I promise to tell you. I said I'll. Pro I promise I'll say full name and last name at the end of the episode. Okay, deal. But yes, based on our chart X that I have provided for you, do you want to tell us what their sun, moon, and rising tells you? Oh my god, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. You're such a fucking Can you nerd. answer sorry, my I, question, I please? Yes, I'm sorry, but I pulled up your chart. I pulled up your chart, and you have a Gemini. Like how I said that you probably, I wouldn't be surprised if you had like a strong Gemini. Gemini, placement. my house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have a Gemini in your eighth house. Your eighth house is actually one of the indicators or like one of the houses that we look at if we're trying to predict like a love match or the sign of someone that you'll end up with or whatever. And your Gemini is in your eighth house, which basically means that like you need to mentally connect with someone first and like respect their <laughs> brain and think that they're smart enough or can get you on an intellectual level before you're capable of forming any type of emotional connection with them or finding them any type of way of attractive and knowing you and every single relationship you've had I'm like <laughs> nailed it nailed that it makes so much it. sense like, <laughs> like every single every single thing I was like I knew there was a Gemini in there because when you were mentioning that earlier I was like oh she doesn't realize that she has like this one really Gemini part of her which is why I find Gemini so annoying not you but like a full-blooded Gemini <laughs> but in general well, because oh yeah, Gemini's I mean are very talk... not self-aware. Well, and part of what or I mean not when I talk all, about but stuff, the one that I know, my ex-boyfriend like was a Gemini. When I when I talk about sun signs, I mean like a full like a, a sun sign Gemini. Those Gemini traits are going to leak into every other aspect because mm. it is the sun. Versus having a Gemini in your eighth house is really like it's really contained within that house because it's such mm -hmm. a little part, and there are other signs that are stronger placements leaking into it. So it's more tolerable to have a placement that I don't like in a less <laughs> aspected house or less imp impactful mm -hmm. house versus like if you're looking at like a Gemini sun, and I'm like, oh, even if you have placements I like, I know they're going to be tainted by your Gemini perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think this Makes is chart. Let me pull up chart X on my little iPad because I'm official. Oh yeah, <laughs> look at you! I find iPads oh, yeah. so funny. Like they just rem they just seem very like futuristic movie to like me, even though they've been around for ages. Like when people are like doing things on their <laughs> iPad while doing other things, I'm like, okay, okay, scientists in that post-apocalyptic movie. <laughs> okay. So whenever you're ready with chart X, tell me what you think okay. of their sun moon and rising and what what kind of person you'd expect them to be yeah so the first thing i look at when i look at somebody's chart is their sun moon and rising and i go to the 10th house because your 10th house is your midheaven sign so your 10th house is what you're evolving into and the traits that you are evolving into adapting which mine is an aries and a lot of times people around me tend to have a similar midheaven which is really fun mm -hmm. because that's your way of realizing like oh i'm picking up on the fact that our morals are aligned essentially because your morals mm -hmm. are aligned with mm -hmm. what you want to be where you want to go so a lot of times you're picking up on similar things and you're getting along with someone because you're both trying to evolve into something that has a similar belief system um so i look at your sun your moon your rising and then your 10th house and then sometimes i'll look at your north node and your lilith but that's 
really just for me being nosy. And <laughs> if you're someone that I care about, I'll look at your Mercury, Venus, and Mars as well, as specifically your Venus and Mars. If I'm looking at you in a romantic light and your Mercury a little mm-hmm. bit, but oh, your Mars and your Venus are very important to me there. But <laughs> so this person's a Virgo sun, so I already know I hate them. But <laughs> oh, so should I good. tell you the birth date? Because I know, or should I tell our listeners the birth date of the person? Yeah. Okay, it is September 13th, 1991 at 8.15 a.m. Don't Google that. <laughs> Read the chart. I will kill you. Read the chart. <laughs> I was just trying to. <laughs> Don't go on Facebook right now. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing, but stop typing and check the chart because this is anonymous for a reason. I am trying to prove that you are not biased in your opinion. Just because you already know too much. Don't mean. (laughs) I only know too much from the chart and because I could determine. So Bella didn't tell me the birthday originally or the year. And when I called her out on who I thought it was, she was like, you don't know that. And I was like, actually, I do because of the transits of these planets. Duh. You still do not know who it is. And once again, I will tell you who it is at the end of the episode. You're right. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Because to be fair, who I think it is, there are some things in here that I'm like, maybe I, I mean, I I don't know this person, obviously. So I don't. I only know what I know about the chart and what I know about that person. So I'm like, some things don't line up here, but okay. Exactly. So first off, so read the chart and let's discuss. They're Libra. So first off, the first thing that jumps out to me is that they're a Scorpio moon. And I'm like, oh, so they have mommy issues because Scorpio moon is the sign of having a deeply Im- impactful because it can be a really positive close like Lorelai and, Gil- and Rory Gilmore girl relationship with your mom or it can be like me and my mom where it's like impactful because it's destructive mm-hmm. it can't be daddy issues it could only be mommy issues no it's only mommy issues because it's in your okay. it's in your moon so, um it almost always means that you either have a really close relationship with your mother like she was really important in your life or she like I mean she was really important in your life either for a really good reason or a really nefarious reason Beyonce mm-hmm. Scorpio moon the weekend Scorpio moon myself Scorpio moon um lots of other people are Scorpio moons and then you like see their relate you look at their relationship with one of their parent their mom and you're like mm, tracks um mm-hmm. but also it depends on the house that the moon is in so the moon's in the second house so having his moon in the second house is a way of this person being like needing to find emotional security through material things and possessions and wealth and also because the scorpio Mm -hmm. this because their sign like their moon sign is in scorpio that makes me think that like you know that's probably because either their mother relationship she came from money placed a lot of importance on wealth and things like that and or had a single mom scarcity mindset and then coped because of that Regardless, Scorpio moons feel things super intensely. They're like one of the most intense moon signs out there, which is why I am always like, yeah, I know I'm intense. They feel things very deeply. And depending Mm -hmm. on what their Mercury sign and their sun sign is, sometimes it can get trapped up there, which is why um, that's actually where my Instagram name and all my social handles names came from, Happiness and Wrath, because I'm an Aquarius sun and a Scorpio moon. 
and they're in direct contradiction to each other because Aquarius mm. are not great communicators. They're not great at feeling their emotions and letting them out. And Scorpio feels mm-hmm. so intensely that then not, basically it's like building pressure, but there's no outlet to let it out. So it can be very destructive. I see that because from you. Also, I, I definitely see that from you. <laughs> is this because of you always trying to tell me to cry and I'm always like, no. Yes. Yes. It's because I tell you to cry. I, me before crying and me after crying are two different people. Me before crying could kill someone. Me after crying, perfect. 100% happy. Nothing could be better. As soon as I cry, all my issues are resolved. That's why I cry so much. It just helps me a ridiculous amount. That's great. I physically cannot cry. Do you know how hard it is for me to cry? The only time I cry is when I'm like scared and overwhelmed or really, Mm -hmm. really angry. Like I can't make myself cry sadness. Um, I'll cry sad. So I'll cry I'll, happy. I'll cry when I'm scared. I'll cry when I'm angry. I'll cry all the time. <laughs> I cried this morning when I dropped off my dog to get his to get a standard procedure of getting his balls chopped off. So the moon is in downfall. Also, when the when Scorpio is in the sign of the moon, the moon's in its downfall because it's not that's not a good placement. Like I was speaking about for. For the moon sign just in the sense that it is not a sign that the moon is comfortable in so that jumps out mm-hmm. to me and then the venus being in leo jumps out to me but that's solely because you're having me look at this and i'm a leo rising and what your ideal match is usually someone whose venus sign is in the sign of your rising sign and so i'm a leo rising so someone with a venus and leo is always going to find me attractive and they're going to think the way that mm-hmm. i think is hot and they're going to just be so turned on by how i am naturally because what i'm presenting to them is what they are attracted to which is mm. you know that which is why sense. i find capricorn so fucking hot and sexy and attractive because my venus is in capricorn and so everything they're present or capricorn risings i should say like dove cameras but and... it's also oh no i'm not a capricorn rising i'm a capricorn you're moon, not a sorry. capricorn rising you're a scorpio rising yeah but it's i know i know i'm a capricorn I have a... moon i got confused god <laughs> go ahead <laughs> anyway um this person also what's really interesting to me is they have a natal Saturn retrograde. Having a natal retrograde, having a natal retrograde planet is very common. My I have my Venus is natally retrograded, which is why I'm fucked in love. Like I just always will be <laughs> fucked in love. And I've just come to accept that about myself. It's why I'm a late bloomer as far especially because whatever's retrograde usually means that you're that at that whatever that sign, that house is in you have a hard time expressing yourself in or accessing that energy so mine's in love this person's being in saturn was really concerning for me at first because i was like this is the type of placement i could expect from someone that could potentially be like an addict because saturn Mm. is the house of control and boundaries and what you want but it also could just mean that this person had a really hard time figuring out what they wanted to do with their life and they needed a lot of time for introspection and thinking and learning before and that they're more someone that's going to bloom later in life because they needed a lot of time to just learn and gain resources and access and figure themselves out before they kind of knew what they wanted to do um saturn's very influential in your life as well because of your saturn return which happens around 26 like to 29 years of age 
when Saturn mm-hmm. is back in the is back where it was when you were born. And this is also what happened. This is like really when. So is that like you a know, crucial a time in your life? Oh, it's very crucial. It happens again during your midlife crisis. It's a come to Jesus moment. Like a lot of influencers I know recently like are in that age range and broke up with their fiancés, like people they had just gotten to engage. Mm-hmm. Like that is what happens in your Saturn return. You're ending engagements. You're losing your job. You're changing career paths. You're moving completely. People like anything that is not meant for you that you are still clinging to, your Saturn return is essentially the planet coming back in and been like, well, you had until now to do this on your own, so now you're going to have to move on with my help, and it's going to hurt mm-hmm. a lot more because I'm forcibly removing these things that are not aligned with your highest power, with your path, because it's time. Like, Saturn comes in, and Saturn's like, come to mama. Like, no, you're done. <laughs> so that's why I like Saturn. She's hot. Um, and then having a Libra rising just means that very um physical appearance is very important to them and aesthetic Mm -hmm. things and such bella hadid for example is a libra rising they are usually effortlessly attractive like they don't have to put a lot of whatever they just have this air and they're very flirty like their Mm -hmm. their safety the mask they put on is one of like the um the vixen, the sirenish, but not not really mm-hmm. the siren so much because the siren is kind of predatory. So that's more Scorpio risings, which is like you, uh, where they're more like a predator on the hunt. I'm predatory but... <laughs> in my flirting. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and definitely in how you present yourself. You know, you're very much like, but it's your earth signs that ground you and kind of bleed into you to make you more ingenue. You know, where you're like, oh, I'm just like versus a Scorpio exalted could be like femme fatale, you know? That's um, mm-hmm. what I try so, to be. They can't do it eventually. Capricorn <laughs> eventually risings are more, Capricorn risings are much better at the femme fatale because they don't give mm-hmm. a fuck. Um, yeah, I feel too bad halfway through and then I'm like, you know what? Let me, <laughs> let me backtrack. And then another thing that's interesting to me is that their midheaven is in Cancer. So I'm like, oh God. I wouldn't be able to stand this person once we reach midlife. I was like, I would divorce this person probably because they're going to be so emotional and so vain. And that, yeah, I think that's really a big thing I'm getting from this chart is vanity. Like there's a Leo Venus, mm-hmm. so many Virgo placements and so many Libra placements and crucial places. Like Libra is in Mars. Libra is in the first and second house. Like this person strikes me as someone that's very subtly vain like someone that you might not think mm-hmm. at first glance is vain but deep down in reality it's very revealed vain. over time is very mm-hmm. vain so if so. you were to give me a portrait of this person would you be able to do that like just uh not not physically portrait not sit down and draw but like a general sense yeah. of who you would expect to meet so well this is a the other thing man. is yeah, that's the other thing that's so weird with this. Is this is a man, but they have seven feminine placements. So like you can see, so like you can see how many masculine versus feminine placements you have: cardinal versus fixed versus mutable, fire, earth, air, and water. This person has seven feminine placements, 
and only three masculine. To put in perspective, mm-hmm. I have six masculine placements and I believe four feminine. Like, I'm pretty masculine, you know? So for mm-hmm. me, like, trying to picture this man is hard because I'm like, this is a very effeminate man. This makes me think of, like, my father figure or my ex because mm-hmm. they both, I, I haven't actually looked at, I've looked at my father's birth chart, but I don't have his memorized and I haven't looked at my exes actually ever mm-hmm. um which is surprising. I have a question regarding that that I, I prepared um but this that's the type of person that like very metrosexual very like very flamboyantly feminine and yeah especially because they have five earth sign placements and only like one fire two air two air water like they're, they have so many feminine placements and so many earth sign placements that this is a very aesthetically focused feminine person. Like, they're, they're just very stylish. I don't think this, like, that, and these are the kind of things that threw me off because I was like, I felt like I knew who this was, but these things don't track what I have seen that person to look like. Like, you know? So. <laughs> Do you want to know who it is then? Sure. It's Nyla Horan. <laughs> Oh my god, that makes so much sense. You're stupid. That's why you didn't want me to Google it. (laughs) Does Niall Horan have mommy issues? Yes, his mom is a single mom. Niall Horan has a lot of mommy issues, I'm sure. It says he isn't close to his mother. Interesting. A lot of the things make sense. I know, because I was watching you confused, and I was like, I have, because my intention was to possibly mislead you a little bit. I, I knew you'd probably make yeah. an assumption that it is who you thought it was, but I, I was trying very hard to not bias you, yeah. and as soon as you were just very thrown off, I was like, please just focus on what is in front of you. <laughs> yeah, you know. Because when you first saw the chart, you're like, "Well, I'd be compatible with him," and, then, and I was like, "Well, then go out and find him if you want." I would to. Be you're like, "I will," and I was like, "Yeah, I bet you will <laughs> find this, <laughs> find a member of One Direction, have fun." <laughs> so that was. Me. I actually would be very compatible with Niall Horan. <laughs> well, I'll send him. I'll, I'll I'll DM him this podcast. <laughs> You know, it's so funny, though, because he doesn't have any of the aspects of, he doesn't have any of the indicators of fame that normally people have. Mm-hmm. Maybe the addiction part, I guess, like, addiction to being on stage and that element could function, mm-hmm. like, you could fit that in there, which brings me to two points that I wanted to make. One of the points I wanted to make is that I never fully trusted astrology or not even astrology itself but horoscopes because Mm -hmm. when I was in high school I used to do this thing with one of my closest friends um, where we would call each other every morning on our way to school and we would read each other's horoscopes and then we would check back in at the end of the day and we always somehow made the horoscope fit or like if it was a bad horoscope you know we were stressed about it all day And eventually it got so freaky because we had this falling out and we both had a very turbulent time in our very intense high school relationships because you know how high school relationships are. But we both Mm -hmm. had this very tough time both with each other and 
outside of our friendship and we had to stop that little tradition because it just got really scary or and we didn't really know if we were projecting or if it was true and just generally freaked us out so we stopped that little tradition and after that either again because I was scared or because that's just what I believed I did I kind of stopped taking stock in horoscopes because I was like no you know what you're just you're just always going to try to fit something in you know if it and horoscopes are generally so general that you are supposed to fit everything in but the more I learned about astrology especially I when I learned about rising and moon signs after a little bit later um I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense with my personality. One thing that drives me crazy are all the Tauruses or lazy memes. I am a lot of things. I do have a lot of negative traits, as everybody does, but lazy is not one of them. <laughs> no, no, no. So think of, um, yeah, so your horoscope should be read for your for your rising sign, and off of that, I'd like to say that you are Scorpio rising. Elric was a Taurus rising. Between the two of you, he exalted all of the Taurus traits that people talk about because how many times did he mm-hmm. stand me up because he was sleeping? Like how many, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. That is like the stubbornness because it was in his rising sign versus you are mm-hmm. Scorpio. So you should be reading all of that. Like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. You are very volatile. Sometimes pours drinks on someone's head. <laughs> I also want to point out that sometimes Niles, I bite people. It happens. Niles cancer is in his 10th house which means that like he it really enjoys like that's your house like profession well one of them he really enjoys jobs that allow him to meet lots of people which i think is funny and so it's like lots of professional Mm -hmm. success where you'll get to meet people (laughs) and then he also has a leo in his 11th house which means that his friends aren't usually like he doesn't usually find friends on purpose they're usually like the people that he becomes friends with are usually someone that can help him on his way or like lead to professional success or co-workers or people that he meets at a, like people mm-hmm. that bring something to him which is ironic as well because I'm like well one direction and that's like you found those you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it does make a lot of sense those that's are true. just placements that I was like oh well that's not really that important for a random person but then I was like oh actually that's kind of funny because mm-hmm. knowing what but I once know. you know who it is mm-hmm. my other question was which you kind of touched on previously but do you check your compatibility with someone when you first meet them like is that something that you do as a person do you ask them for their birth time and then go in and check their chart and see if you're compatible either as friends or romantic partners no so Mm -hmm. I'm someone who if you really know the power of a birth chart then you also know that like you don't want to give that out to everybody so I'm not going to ask everybody to give me their Mm -hmm. full birth chart because someone could manipulate the shit out of you with your birth chart like if they were Mm -hmm. vile because that it's your soul laid bare Mm -hmm. before them if they know how to read it you know even if you don't believe in it that doesn't mean that it's any less accurate you know and so I'm not someone that wants to know before I know you which is why like with my ex I didn't I I think I looked at his birth chart like months into our relationship and I don't really remember it because I'm was like with someone I care about, with someone I'm forming an authentic connection with, I want you to un- like unravel yourself for me naturally. That's mm-hmm. how connection is formed. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's, if you like look at their birth chart and get attracted to that first, it's the same as when you text someone a lot before the first date and you form that emotional bond that isn't real. It's to a pair, it's a parasocial relationship. You know, it's not a real mm-hmm. connection. So I'd much prefer this person to like meet someone and actually do the unpacking of ourselves 
before each other in real time and then seeing their chart later on because I am curious and I do enjoy seeing it but like once there's that trust and I already have my feelings in them because I also will judge someone based on my past experiences and that's not necessarily fair and I know that you know so I'm like why don't I give you a chance to be because you could be a more evolved version of that sign because there are the evolved and the unevolved traits of each sign you know and I have seen plenty of unevolved people of signs, which has made me dislike those signs. But you know, evolved versions of those signs are not terrible. They're they're much more tolerable. Right. I just am t- so tainted by the unevolved one, you know. So that's really interesting because when my grandma made the comment um, that I mentioned previously in the episode, uh, when I told her my ex was a, a Libra. I got so in my head about it. I read everything there was to read about her compatibility. I didn't know his birth time and I refused to ask him, but everything besides that, I checked. I went on CoStar. I went on like several astrology websites and I read up on it and everything said that we were not compatible and that we would have problems with communication and that I would expect a lot from him. But in the end, I would be the one that is unable to provide the stability that they need, which tracks because this in the end, in this relationship, we ended up having massive communication problems and not just basic unable to communicate our feelings, but literal where he would not call me for several days. And this was really important because it was a long distance relationship. And in the end, I was the one who, let's say, pulled out of the relationship because I became really emotionally reserved about halfway through and unfortunately you know looked in other directions until eventually I was so tired and so angry that I just ended it and he never even acknowledged my ending it you know I think when I think back to the time that I was in my bed freaking out as I was reading these charts there is definitely some stock in it, um, and I don't know if that ended up influencing my opinion. I have no idea because I kind of forgot about that until I, you know, I uh, I was analyzing the entire relationship after the breakup. But maybe somewhere in my subconscious, I was still thinking about it. I just kind of really desperately tried to push it out of my mind at the beginning, and for a really long time, I was I was pretending that everything was amazing, even with the facts presented in front of me, and not just astrology. Uh, but I, I do think that is, especially if you have as much knowledge as you do, I do think it's a better <laughs> option to not look it up um, and not have your opinion influenced in any way. Because it's like you said, it's nice to unravel the layers of the person. I will quote Fesco from Euphoria <laughs> because uh, he was saying that he doesn't like when looking at people's lives on social media, like when he's getting to know someone, he just wants to naturally unravel the layers. I think that's really cute and it's very true. <laughs> All right, Joe. So you already told us a lot about your birth chart, um, but do you want to tell us a general summary of it? Because you were mentioning it as an example, but maybe do you want to talk about it? Do you want to analyze my birth chart? Would you prefer to do that? Yes. <laughs> okay, then analyze me, please. Okay. You can analyze my axis. <laughs> <laughs> Like, my favorite placement of his is his Virgo-Mars, because you know if they've got a Virgo in Mars, they're kinky. That's something, mm. that is something I look for. Do I have a Virgo in Mars? You do not. <laughs> what? That's a lie. <laughs> Let me tell That's you not a lie. one thing. 
Okay. No, it's not a lie. I'm not telling you you're lying to me. I'm saying it's a lie that I'm not. Yeah, no, I sh- no. It, I mean, it's not obviously the only kinky one, but like, Virgo know. loves control. So having Virgo there means that you're more likely a dom. Like, so I should say it's something that I look for in okay. men because I'm like. Oh, well, it makes sense because I'm I'm the least dominant person. No, I've yeah, your your Mars is in Taurus. You're very giving. You're very lazy. <laughs> Laugh, laugh. I'll see you next time with a margarita in my hand, bitch. <laughs> what will that For mean? those of you that don't know, I like oh, a margarita in Joe's head. <laughs> Joe didn't even get that reference. I was like, I had a lot of ice in it, too. Yeah, and I was wearing a wig for Halloween, so my hair wasn't even... <sighs> exactly. That's why I did it, because I was like, she's wearing a wig. Like, <laughs> what's she going to do? We can't even get into this fight again. We Okay, please, please analyze my birth chart without thinking about me pouring a marg on your head. Okay. Preferably, so, if you can. Separate you're evolving into a Leo, which means that you're learning to take up more space for yourself and let the attention be on you more and be more. Let the attention be on me more? Can the attention <laughs> be on me more? <laughs> yes, and you know I'm going to call you out because when anything when the going gets tough bella is the first to eliminate herself when our podcast needs time cut down she will cut out things that she says so it's all me speaking and i'm like the fact that you just like immediately self-sacrifice i'm like you need to be like no i'm taking up space like i deserve to speak to you know or things like that like when shit gets going bella will just make herself small and eliminate herself from the narrative and be like yes yes whatever you need like i can do it i can do it and i'm constantly the one that's like no you can't do that bella you can't because you have to be bella first you know, you have to take care of Bella. That was a, that was a huge attack. That was a huge attack <laughs> on my entire personality. <laughs> but not inaccurate. So it's good for me to see that you're evolving not into someone inaccurate. that will take care of yourself. Yay. Well, this is where I am now is still much, much, much better than where I was maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, but we're, we're not fully like You should have seen me yet. before we met. I think it's a good thing we met when we did, Bella, because I probably would have bullied you if I had met you too, <laughs> too, too, too early. Oh, you would have bullied me? Probably. You would have bullied me. Probably. Interesting. You think Interesting. I would not? So you do not bully me currently. So you, you do not bully me currently. <laughs> I mean, not, I would have bullied you in a mean way. I would have sent you to therapy. Not now. You know, now I send you to therapy with revelations about yourself and self-growth. But before I would have sent you to therapy in a bad way. Okay, thank you for that honesty, Joan. I appreciate that. <laughs> what? What did you want me to say? I'm confused. No, that's fine. That's exactly what I expected you to say. Tell me more about myself. I like this. This is self-discovery. Mm-hmm. So, actually, um, mm-hmm, go ahead. No, go. Go on. I was just going to say that one of the last things that I want us to make sure that we talk about is why astrology is considered such a feminine thing. Mm-hmm. And I was reading up a lot on it. And uh, one of the articles said that astrology is so feminine, first of all, because of marketing, just because it was put in a whole bunch of like, you know, female magazines in the 50s and stuff. And then it just kept going. And there's always that astrology factor. Um but also because if you um, learn more about astrology and get more into it, then you can learn a lot about yourself. 
Um, and women are much more open to finding things out about their, themselves and to have self-exploration, -explo whereas men are a little bit more egotistical and just think they don't need, don't need any self-improvement, so they won't seek things like that out. Mm -hmm. So that w this is actually that that was very freaky. I don't I don't realize that that could come up in <laughs> my chart. So I so going off of the going off of the kinkiness, your Mars is in your seventh house. So that means that you can either be very dominating or assertive, or you have that need for dominance and assertiveness met by a partner. So as soon as I saw that, when I went down a little <laughs> further, I was like, well, there it is, Bella. I was like, there it is. There it is, you bitch. Thank also, you. coincidentally, uh, is this aspect of people that are into politics. Um, you have several aspects for people that are into politics. Um, having a Taurus Mercury is also a into politics aspect. Um, your Venus is an Aries, which means you're very dominating in your relationships in the sense that you take the lead in the romantic part. But like we talked about with your Taurus and your um, with your Taurus mm -hmm. energy in Mars and your Mars in your seventh house, actually, you want someone else to take the lead. Mm -hmm. Which is very similar to me because I am not actually not, but um, no, I don't know, Joan. <clears throat> I know, I, I don't know. I said no, actually, not similar. I was to thinking me. about a comment you recently made, and I was like, "That's not true. <laughs> Do not lie to me." <laughs> not initiates things sexually, like so. Your Venus sign is about what you like, what appeals to you, and stuff like that, and how you are on the romantic mm -hmm. level. Mars has been sex and aggression. Venus is aesthetic and pleasure. Um, so for me, I have a Capricorn Venus, which essentially means that I'm attracted to power, old money, anything like that, success, lots of success. Mm -hmm. um, like, where my Capricorn placements are makes a lot of sense. Like, when you look at my birth chart, it's pretty obvious how we got here. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It just is. A lot of my friends think I'm a Capricorn at first glance because I have such strong Capricorn placements that those values really come through. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not. Because when they hear Aquarius, they think like a bleeding heart rebel with blue hair. And I'm like, no, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, Never thought of you as that. Yeah, <laughs> no. And that's what people think of as like Aquarius, you know? But um, mm -hmm. I do have an Aquarius Mars. So basically means I get I bored see. very easily in bed, which is why it needs to be changed up. I, I like it needs some stimulation. <laughs> exactly. And I always like to try new things and I like to learn. Also, you've probably always been interested in sex from a very young age, which I know that you were. So me? Yeah. Yeah. Um you also can be slow to arousal <laughs> because Taurus and Mars, I once heard someone describe as like slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I've been called on out on this so many times. You have no idea. And like seeing that, I'm like, Ooh, can't relate, Bella. Cannot relate. <laughs> no, I, it takes forever. It takes forever. 
That's why I can't stand people. That, that's why I have such an issue with hookups because I would love to just have meaningless sex. But the problem is it takes me so long to even be interested that like so, someone texting me like you want to fuck is going to do nothing for me. I'm just going to be in pain. It's just going to hurt. I'm just not going to like so it. so long to get turned on from point A to B. Yeah. That's... Jakob was the only exception because he was so hot that I could look at him and be like, all right. See, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this. I, I can. I think like that is just so rare, which is part of the part of the Aquarius mm-hmm. morality. It's so random and rare. What's gonna make me go? I'm here. Mm-hmm. I am here. You know, Chianti wine always will though. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a glass of Chianti and not immediately been like. So, maybe you should try that. <laughs> I'll try it. I'll let you know. Um, and then your... I mean, there's obviously people that it's easier with than... Yeah. Your Saturn is in Aries, much like mine, which means we really struggle with self-consciousness, and we really don't like me-first attitudes in other people, but we need to learn that sometimes you have to be me-first. Like, it's important. Like, you know, we were raised as oldest daughters or only daughters, that like it's not about you Mm -hmm. you have to take care of everyone else it's your job to like sacrifice yourself for this but we have to unlearn that and learn that like me editing out 40 minutes of me speaking yes (laughs) literally and i was like oh i i I was listening to it and i was like oh okay so she'll let me sound a fool here that was critical but her feedback was not i was like cool cool bella cool I was like, I, I nice, everything nice. you were saying was irrelevant. <laughs> you think everything you say is irrelevant Sorry. because you get self-conscious and think that you are irrelevant, you stupid girl. I already cried once today. Hey, please be nice to me. I'm just saying you're not irrelevant. So you can't trust that your brain when you're like, oh, I'm irrelevant, that's irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. You matter. Thank you for telling me that I'm not irrelevant. That was very nice. That may have been one of the nicest things you ever said to me. Well, I needed to put something in there after last episode. I literally was like, this, back to what's important. You said that you don't want to listen to me speak. Yeah, fair, fair. Fair, fair. It's like, and I, because I'm going to throw it to you, and then I go, actually, no, and I'm going to talk, because I don't want to hear you speak. And they're like, I'm going to be popular with the fans, and I was like, no, you are not. I know. Especially, I see those percentages. I see that I percentage of listeners. Especially because the fans are all your friends, because you have friends, and I don't. I'll hit you. I don't have friends. Go Bumble BFFs. <laughs> I do have a Bumble BFF date for Friday. That's exciting. I'll ask you about it in the next episode. Okay. Your North Node's also in Virgo. We were both Virgos in the past life, and we both like to be sexually degraded. Aww. <laughs> If I was scared of my parents finding this podcast before now, I'm really scared. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> anyway, my chart. <laughs> she may have felt uncomfortable or wrong for needing companionship and seeking approval from others. I don't know if I like astrology. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to accept that we all need to lean on others for support sometimes. <laughs> I lean on others. I lean. I do lean. I've leaned. 
Not Libra being in your 12th house, which usually is a sign that marriages don't always bring luck. <laughs> like I said, I ain't no, I don't even I don't even want to be married. I don't I don't the, even want to marry. I don't care. The 12th house is where you deal with is where you deal with your karma and where you bury things. So I don't know what you did in a past life that got you to have to deal with marriage, but <laughs> I don't even know if it's my past life. I think it's my mother's and my grandmother's lives. Like, they clearly made some mistakes <laughs> you don't, that are impacting me deeply. You, you don't have karma from them. It's your own karma. Maybe you chose them to work through your karma. You probably chose your parents and your, and your mom chose her mom because you would work out the karma that you needed to to ascend to the next level in this life with them. It's very possible that you, your mom, and your grandma were all girlfriends in a different life, or that one of them was your daughter in a different life. That's so cute. I hope that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true. That's really cute. That tends to be. I read this. I read this really interesting book called "Only Love Is Real," and it's written by this psychologist mm -hmm. doctor who's writing this as if it's real. And as much as I would love it to be real, I think that he's clearly not a doctor I would trust with anything anymore because of the fact that he wrote this book. And presented it like fact-based evidence when I'm like, fact. This mm -hmm. is not clearly not fact, but it is a fun read. Where it's talking about past life regression therapy that he's done with different clients, and how in one of them the girl like her mother was her son in a different life, and she like lost her son very early, or like, and she had this abusive husband who like kept following her through a different lifetime. Like, there's just all these things like that that I really mm -hmm. like. Where I liked that it was fun to think of like your soul units and you usually find your soul units mm -hmm. and that's why sometimes you find people and you're like, we just vibe, we make sense. Why did I, you know? And there was usually mm -hmm. an agreement that you made beforehand because you needed to learn something or do something, which is why you had to struggle to find them. Um, you know? But so like you're saying some people are just cosmically linked. Mm -hmm. Period. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, the psychic saying that I me mean, and Elric were twin flames. I'm like, oh, yeah, I believe that 100%. Because we really were catalysts for each other's change. And we really, like, no one has ever been so similar to me and yet so different, so maddening than him. Like, it was just like, which is exactly what it's supposed to be like. Me with my parental figures, uh, where I, when we all, like, came together, it was just like, oh, this makes sense. Like, they, I, I fit in here mm -hmm. so much more than I fit in in the family that I was born into. And then it's like, but why didn't I choose to be born in this family? Like that just seems way more fun, like, you know, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think you'd be yourself if you were just born into that family. I agree, but then there's a part of me that's like, but what is myself? Because who I am right now mm -hmm. is because of all the things I needed to learn to move on to the next life in theory, you know? So like, who am who is my true soul like at the root of it you know i don't know i don't like to think about that though because obviously then that leads to the fact that i could die someday and that's not happening so yeah we don't need to get into death <laughs> actually on the topic of death i'm gonna say speaking on the topic of death my 12th house the sign in it is cancer which is family and mothers and stuff like that so that's where my karma i had to pay a debt wow. <laughs> Wow. You did something to your children. <laughs> you I did know. something. You did something in another life. I was life. clearly a oh, horrible no. mother. 
Like, oh my God. Wait, what's my what's my karma? Marriage. 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 Mm. Well, so we you, don't think I don't think I'm the most. You picked parents with a bad marriage. I picked horrible parents. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, my mom, a psychic, told my mom she was going to have twin boys right before she got pregnant, and then I lost my twin and came out a girl. So that's what she was fully expecting a boy because she was like, that's freaky. So everything was prepared for me to be a boy. And then I turned out a tiny little girl. And I got so, I had so many cute little boy outfits. Because <laughs> she just kept saying it. She was like, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a boy. <laughs> she was like, it's sad. When my twins died. I'd be, imagine me as twin boys. Imagine my, <laughs> I know. my placements, but as two men <laughs> who grew up Toxic. together. <laughs> Toxic, yeah. Toxic. I'd, and, like, they probably love my dad. They probably think he's so cool, and they'd both be into music and, like, doing that stuff. No, one of them would be, like, super into music, and the other one would be, like, an insane politician. He'd be, like, a Harry. Like, my Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, you'd really be unbearable as a man. I'd be unbearable. I'd be unbearable. I'd be the worst if I was two men. <laughs> you'd probably be gay. Speaking of men... I'd definitely be gay. At least one of them would be gay. Speaking of men, um, do you want to go into the whole why women are more into astrology? Yeah. Bit. Shtick. Or why are men so mean about astrology? Because men suck, yeah. I think that men don't like anything that kind of gives a woman agency over herself or a way of pointing out that you need to change. Men don't like therapy. Men don't like astrology. They're all tools for self-growth, self-discovery, and self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And men don't like that. Yeah. Agreed. Well, it, it's just true, like, statistically, that men are 10% less likely to go into therapy for the same things that women would go into therapy. They're, they go into therapy later. I know women also use astrology as sort of like a, a form of communication, you know? Because mm-hmm. usually it's women that are going to bond over things. It's like a secret code, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like another language, yeah. It's a way for us to red flag to each other again, the way that we used to have to. And, you mm-hmm. know, the whole, like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus theory, where it's like mm-hmm. men are hunters. They don't need to. They need to imitate more than they need to communicate. Women were gatherers. They needed mm-hmm. to be able to communicate more than they needed to be able to imitate. All right. Um, so I hope that you guys learned something <laughs> from today's episode. I definitely did about myself. Joan, I don't know if you learned anything aside from uh, Niall Horan. I learned that you're a little bitch. <laughs> and Niall, yeah. I learned that Niall Horan had a difficult childhood. And if he ever wants to slide into my DMs, we would probably have a great time, you and me. So I've never been into <laughs> blogs, but maybe. I don't know. Well, I guess that's a wrap on today's episode, and we hope that you join us next week when we'll be discussing something that is very much to be announced. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Um, Eat a cookie. Don't fucking die. Have a good time. Bye.